In around a month, the 2023 NFL Draft will take place, and C.J. Stroud will find his first home in the professional football world, where he will likely be drafted inside of the top five. Last year's quarterback class was terrible from an NFL draft perspective. This year's class at least has several refreshing characters, though some characters at the quarterback position are very overrated. We will talk about a lot of the different quarterbacks in comparison to C.J. Stroud in today's episode regarding the NFL draft. You got Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, Tanner McKee, Stetson Bennett, the list goes on. There are a lot of, in my opinion, guys who you could classify as underrated non-first-round selections. My expertise is not in the NFL draft. I am a college football-oriented guy. I don't watch much of professional football at all. In saying that, C.J. Stroud has graced and blessed the Big Ten with amazing quarterback play over the past two seasons, being top two in QBR two years in a row, being a third-team All-American or higher two years in a row, first-team All-Big Ten, and Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year two years in a row. A great quarterback, an elite quarterback, potentially the nation's best quarterback two years in a row in a conference of quarterback play from the likes of Spencer Petras, Graham Mertz, Tommy DeVito, uh, Welfare Edition Tanner Morgan, Ethan Kaliak-Manis, Sean Clifford, whether that was this past season where he was actually good, or 2021 where he was constantly dealing with injuries, Cade McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, who might be the closest thing to someone on C.J. Stroud's level, and he is not even close at all, and forgot to mention Peyton Thorne. No one over the past two seasons has been on par with C.J. Stroud's quarterback play in the Big Ten. No one. And in 2023, I'd be hard-pressed to say anyone in the Big Ten's 2023 QB room will play at the level that Stroud played in 21 or 22. J.J. McCarthy and Kyle McCord, maybe some would even say Drew Aller or Casey Thompson or Tanner Mordecai, maybe could come close, but I severely doubt that any of them would reach that level. His passing capabilities, his arm strength, his accuracy, his use of power of execution without hesitation, it's fascinating. The way he commands an offense, the way that he can extend plays, which was an ability that many of us doubted. And then the Georgia game happened. Stroud taking an Ohio State team that is far less balanced, far less built to win at a high level compared to Georgia. And he nearly smothered the Bulldogs. And he put 41 points among a defense that is revered. And rightfully so. They have tons of first-round talent on that defense. They were the best defense in the nation, both in 2021 and in 2022. And I will maintain my opinion that in 2021, if Ohio State did play Georgia, 
mainly because of C.J. Stroud, they probably win that game five, six, or seven times out of ten. And I'd say the same thing this past season. Because of matchups and because of what C.J. Stroud can do and what he can do in an offense that is commanded by a genius like Ryan Day or that has NFL wide receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka in 2022 or like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in 2021. Obviously, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were drafted in the 2022 NFL draft two different teams, the New Orleans Saints and New York Jets, respectively, I do believe. But again, NFL knowledge is not exactly my strong suit. But I want to talk about today, as you've probably already guessed, that I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this coming NFL draft. I really do. It's very close between him and Bryce Young. If you want to make an argument that Bryce Young is better, there's certainly evidence to support that. I respect that opinion. Bryce Young is certainly someone who is more of a Houdini at quarterback. If everything falls apart, it's going to be more it's going to be easier, more logical to count on him than CJ Stroud, especially because Bryce Young has superior mobility. And if you watched Bryce Young at all in 2021 and 2022, which if you didn't, then you're not even a college football fan. The way that he played with some of the more inferior Nick Saban Alabama offensive lines, and he still brought those teams to 13-2 and and 11-2 respectively, is very impressive. He is a playmaker. He is fantastic. And his height, 5'10", 200 pounds. Listen, if... Look... If he can replicate at the NFL level what he did at Alabama and playing at Alabama and playing in different SEC games is like playing in the NFL with all the the, the talent that's on SEC rosters and the development of those coaching staffs, I have no doubt he'll succeed in the NFL, regardless of whether he's an inch or two or three taller and weighs 10 more pounds in an alternate reality or not. But C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 215 pounds, Bigger frame, bigger body, going to be harder to take down, and you can take the harder hit. I think that C.J. Stroud is more accurate. C.J. Stroud has had better passing statistics over the past two years compared to Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud, granted, has had a better wide receiver core, but even if you have a great wide receiver core, and I was watching Jordan Palmer in his film breakdown of C.J. Stroud, even if you have elite wide receivers, you still got to deliver the ball on point. You can't miss them, or maybe you hit them, but you don't hit them in stride. C.J. Stroud hits all of his receivers in stride, rarely misses the mark. He'll occasionally overthrow. Yes, there are moments where he struggles with pressure, but there are also moments where, like in the Georgia game, for example, pressured for a large portion of the game, and he didn't fold. He was able to scramble, extend plays, not be careless with the football. A lot of his weaknesses can be minimized, either through scheme or through development. And they're not critical. They're not big weaknesses. There aren't really any red flags with him. And that's what 
that that's the category that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are really in. I, I'd say it's them too, everyone else. Everyone else. To put anyone else above one of those two, to put CJ Stroud or Bryce Young in in third, to put any of them below the top two would be lunacy. Will Levis is nowhere close to these two. Anthony Richardson, from an athlete perspective, is much superior to these two. But as a proven passer, no, absolutely not. Anthony Richardson could look like the the second coming of Joe Burrow and Cam Newton combined one day and then look like Graham Mertz the next. He's so volatile. He's a, he's a risk. And he's not nearly as proven as these two. And then everyone else outside of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, I'd say just from their physical potential, they'd be in Tier 2. Everyone else, whether it's Hendon Hooker, Tanner McKee, Stetson Bennett, I think Stetson Bennett's really underrated. And I think this past season, when Georgia's offense relied a lot on him and he delivered, proved that he has NFL potential. But everyone else is in a different category. Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett, Tanner McKee, Jaron Hall, maybe they're in Tier 3, and then maybe everyone else below them is in Tier 4. I do find it strange that Max Duggan is ranked particularly low, but again, not necessarily an NFL guy. I mainly care about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young because those two are probably going to have the most impact, going to be the most well-known names, going to be the most successful draftees compared to the rest of the quarterbacks, I think, in my opinion. And I think C.J. Stroud, just respectively, respectfully, pardon me, edges out Bryce Young. Young's more mobile. Young's more of a Houdini. C.J. Stroud has more potential, and he is the superior passer. C.J. Stroud was number one in QBR, according to ESPN, in 2021, number two in 2022. He had an 88.9 QBR this season. Last season, he had a 91.6 QBR. Last season, C.J. Stroud had games where he had a 200 passer rating or higher against Minnesota, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan State, and Utah. Now, a lot of those defenses weren't good. But Minnesota's defense, Utah's defense, so they were injured in that Rose Bowl. They were they were they were decently formidable. And Minnesota's was top ten in multiple categories in twenty twenty one. Joe Rossi knows how to command a defense, and that secondary had Tyler Newbin, Jordan Howden, and I don't know if in twenty twenty one Justin Wally was a starter, but it wouldn't surprise me. Minnesota returned a lot of their twenty twenty one secondary production in the 2022 season, which is why I thought Minnesota would have an elite secondary in 2022. Didn't necessarily exactly pan out to be that way. Um, But C.J. Stroud had great games against a, a ton of teams. He had an okay games against Penn State, which was one of the best defenses that he faced in 2021. A mad game against Oregon, really when C.J. Stroud started coming alive, was obviously... In October of 2021, after he was rested in the Akron game, he had an he had a good game against Michigan in 2021. You could not fault him for losing that game. It was the lack of a run game 
lack of offensive line protection, and the lack of a defense that really cost him the Michigan game, both in 2021 and in 2022, along with some questionable offensive play calling. His worst game that season, I would say, was probably was the, was the Tulsa game, maybe put the Nebraska game up there as well, though Scott Frost's 2021 team was certainly a force to be reckoned with until the fourth quarter came around. In 2022, C.J. Stroud had games of a 200 passer rating or greater against Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana, and he had games of close to a 200 passer rating against Iowa, Penn State, and Georgia. Georgia, he had a 192.4 passer rating. He had a 94.1 QBR against the Georgia defense, putting 41 points on them, 348 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. And he also had 34 rushing yards with a long scramble of 27. And in the Michigan game, he only had a 131 passer rating and a 70 QBR. That was one of his worst games all year. But I think a lot of that had to do with play calling. Some of it had to do with drops by receivers. And again, the defense just did not help Ohio State at all. It didn't. The defense in the Michigan game was much worse than the defense in the Georgia game. Much. It, it was worse. It was undeniably worse. I mean, Michigan, Michigan did do Ohio State what Tennessee did to, to Alabama, just big play after big play in toxic fashion. It was it was not a whole lot like the 2021 game, but for C.J. Stroud it was. It was a loss. It was a game in which his performance was underwhelming compared to expectation, but the Georgia game did rectify a lot of that. It really did rectify a lot of that. And in his career, he amassed 8,123 passing yards, 85 passing touchdowns, 12 passing interceptions. And he is an elite QB when working within a system, and he maintains a good level of play when the system fails. When the system failed, uh, Michigan this past Michigan this past season, I'd say Georgia as well, though it didn't fail to the same degree as the Michigan one. But when a loss occurs, it's normally because the system failed, unless it's close and even throughout the whole game. And it wasn't close and even throughout the whole game in the Peach Bowl. Ohio State led and dominated that game for three quarters, and they, they choked at the end. That's a system failure. Another example of systems failing, I'd say, or at least falling short of expectations, was the Notre Dame game at the beginning of the year. No one thought that Notre Dame would walk in and compete with Ohio State. And then to make matters worse, they lost to Marshall the following week. Notre Dame did. C.J. Stroud still had a QBR of above 80, a 145 passer rating, and he delivered good balls when necessary. And against Northwestern, the wind, the rain, the passing game was just not going together. He only had a 63 passer rating. That game really hurt his statistics he probably would have another 300 passing yards and a, a passer rating of above 180 possibly a QBR above 90 if that Northwestern game wasn't plagued with wind 
water, and any other destructive element that existed. But he had 79 rushing yards and a long scramble of 44, so he was able to help contribute to Ohio State overcoming adversity in very strange conditions. In 2021, for the Utah game, Ohio State was behind for most of that game. He stayed strong. He was not the fault for for the losses against Michigan in both the years, and it was the same thing with the Oregon game in 2020 when he passed for 500 yards, and he had that one awful pick at the end of the game. But if Ohio State could maybe stop C.J. Verdell or stop Oregon from converting on fourth down, could have been a different ball game. So Stroud is not the cause of his of his team's lack of success compared to their high expectations. He's not the reason why Ohio State didn't win a national title or didn't win the Big Ten when he was their starting quarterback. Rather, the reasons for that would be Jim Harbaugh fielding Michigan's two best football teams in possibly the 21st century of Michigan football history. Just looking from 2000 to 2022, those might be Michigan's two best football teams. And Ohio State had and Ohio State with C.J. Stroud had to face them both. And it was also due to the fact that Ohio State's defense in 2021 was one of the worst defenses they had had in the 21st century, I'd argue. Jim Tressel, uh, Urban Meyer, even Ryan Day's 2019-2020 teams and 2022 teams had better defenses than the 2021 unit, which was an atrocity, especially at the beginning of the year. And in 2022, the defense improved, but you can only do so much when you have a new, complex scheme. You can o- And you can only do so much, and especially with the injuries that happened. Ohio State was plagued with injuries in 2022. It's not an excuse at all. If, those, if Ohio State was fully healthy for that Michigan game, I still guarantee you Michigan wins that football game. The Georgia game might be a different story, but that Michigan game was inevitable. But that goes to show that, again, it wasn't C.J. Stroud's fault. C.J. Stroud did a lot of good for Ohio State. And it's like Bryce Young at Alabama. And it's a similar story to a certain degree. It's not Bryce Young's fault that Alabama didn't win a national title when he was their starting QB. Not at all. It was everything but. I just happened to think that C.J. Stroud's higher ceiling and his higher ability as a passer is better than Bryce Young's superior ability to improvise and his superior scrambling ability. I think that higher ceiling paired with the right development is going to pay higher dividends than what Bryce Young offers. NFL build, he's considered to be the number two quarterback in the draft, obviously. Some do consider him number one. At one point, there were people putting Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and other people ahead of C.J. Stroud, which I just think is crooked and wrong. Perhaps I'd even argue that could be unethical. That's stupid. It's asinine. There is no reason to have Will Levis or Anthony Richardson ahead of C.J. Stroud. There's a reason to have Bryce Young ahead of C.J. Stroud, but Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, no, there's absolutely absolutely no reason to have any of those guys ahead of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or close to them when 
when you set a comparison. Obviously, because of how a draft system works, C.J. Stroud and Will Levis might be drafted right next to each other. Doesn't mean they're equally, doesn't mean they're on equal footing as a player or as a quarterback. But anyway, it's kind of a mute point. I really like C.J. Stroud. I'm a Michigan fan. I'm going to, I'm going to miss him. Just really liked seeing him play. And look, commanded great offenses. Yes, he had elite wide receivers, but that's not an argument against him. In fact, that argument, I would say, supports him when you look at how he delivers balls accurately on time. There is no need for those receivers to slow down. He delivers in stride. He's able to escape the pocket. Um, He's able to read defenses. There are some criticisms, and rightfully so, that I watched on film where sometimes he doesn't get past his first or second read. But I think with some growth and development, he'll get better in that area. And the Georgia game did show that he is able to adapt on the fly. That's all for this video. Thank you guys for watching. Leave a like, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell. Please comment your thoughts on the quarterback room in this NFL draft. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye.